being here. If you're a first timer with us, you hopefully you received a bulletin when you when you walked in this morning. And in there, there's a connection card, and if you'd fill that out, we would just love to know more about you. Love to be able to send you a thank you note for being here with us. And you can place that in the wooden box out in the foyer. Also, for anyone, you can write a prayer request in that card, and we'll have people praying for you uh, this week. So we do have a lot of stuff going on. Bible studies are starting here. Uh, pretty soon, and and so uh, we listen. We just encourage uh, all of our all of our members and every, even attenders, whoever's here. Just you, you need to meet people. You need to uh, uh, just build some relationships, and you'll do that over six weeks in our small group. So you can sign up in the Life Center uh, or on the kiosk or online, and um, it's all there. Uh, and so we have those coming up, and this next Sunday we're going to have start our growth track and. And so if you're here uh, this morning and you've been coming to Family Life for a while and, and maybe you've just been trying to see if we're going to pull out snakes and lock the doors or you just want to make sure it's a safe place, uh, you know, our goal is to get everyone from being an attender to, to, to getting you to get involved. And, and we have a bunch of different serve teams. As a matter of fact, we have, you know, probably about 300 people that serve on a monthly capacity. And so the way to get involved at Family Life is to take the growth track. It starts next Sunday. It's right after service. We provide lunch for you and for your kids and child care. And while you eat, I'm going to talk to you for about 40 minutes, okay? And we've got it, we've got it narrowed down. It used to be really long. Now we've streamlined it. And, and, uh, and after three weeks, you'll know more about the church. Make sure you're comfortable. And we'll find a place that you can be able to serve. And what I've learned is... When people start serving, the church really means so much more to them. And so that starts next week. And as always, some people say, well, I'm not going to be here three weeks in a row. And uh, if you miss one of the weeks, you can make it up on the next time And because uh, we, we have them pretty, pretty often. So anyway, help us up. You can go to the website and find out all this stuff. And, but the video was wrong on one thing. Pastor Terry's not speaking today. Um, every once in a while, I bring a guest in because I know y'all get t- y'all tire of me. <laughs> All the notes you put in the offering, you know, someone knew, someone knew. And uh, so what I did, for the Bible study that's going to meet on Wednesdays, again, on Wednesdays we'll have ladies in here, men's upstairs, the youth are meeting over there, so you can drop your kids off over there while child care. Uh, the men are going to be doing the 33, the series. It's a continuation of what we did last time. It's really awesome on authentic manhood. And the ladies, they're going to have a live Bible study in here by Miss Joanne Green. And so she, I wanted her to speak today to give her testimony so that you can learn a little bit more about her. I encourage you not only for you to sign up for the Bible studies, but, you know, get some of your coworkers, neighbors, get them, get them all here so God can touch their lives and we can love on them. I'm not going to say too, too much about Miss Joanne because I think it's going to be in part of her testimony, but Miss Joanne Green gave her life to the Lord through a, a series of miraculous events, and uh, she's been in full-time ministry uh, she's a facilitator here at the at the at the women's shelter, the Fort Bend County Women's Shelter, where she's written curriculum for ladies to be able to get their lives restored. She also does a weekly national radio broadcast that uh, you can listen to if you if you like to. But more than that, she's a lady of of character and integrity. And I met her because she was going to my brother's church in San Antonio, and then she kind of moved back here and started coming here. And so. We're going to have her speak today, so let, let's give a family life welcome to Miss Joanne Green. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Terry. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
you know, it's, it's an honor to share a pulpit. Not every pastor opens their pulpit up to everything. And that's important because he's an overseer of the sheep and he's accountable for who comes in to make deposits in them. Amen. And so I'm just appreciative of the opportunity to share. I'm going to be time conscious. Uh, I'm a preacher, so this is going to be hard for me. But I have a timekeeper in the audience. But before I start, I'm, I'm going to talk about a life redeemed. And it was incredible to me this morning that God would have us to take communion. It lets me know that the word that he deposited in me is for the people and the sheep in the audience. Amen. I love that about the Holy Spirit. If we just flow with the Holy Ghost, he will give us everything that we need. Amen. Everywhere I go, I have learned to honor the man and woman of God in the house. You never go to someone's house without a gift. Amen? Amen. So I just want to deposit this in, um, into your life, uh, Pastor Terry. Uh, this is for date night. It won't totally cover the expenses, but it will get you to the place that you need to be. <laughs> Amen. 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 I, I'm not selling books, but I do think it's important to... The word says that um, th the people who are ignorant, they perish. So without knowledge, you perish. Amen? So believe it or not, God gave me two books to write. I authored two books, published them. One is called Pretty Woman, Redeemed from, by Promise, Destined for Purpose. And it is a story of my life, but it is intertwined with the word of God about how the spiritual warfare dictates our behavior and can control our life. This is an awesome book, not because I wrote it, but because the Holy, Holy Spirit told me to. Amen? So um, I just wanted you to know that you can get that on um, Amazon.com uh, or Barnes & Nobles. Here's another one. I am a teacher. I'm not a preacher per se, but I am a teacher. I'm an instructor. That's the anointing on my life. You know, without, I, in, in fact, the, the ministry that God uh, placed in my hand is called Ezra Ministries. And we have the mandate to provoke people to be passionate about the things of the kingdom of God. I think it's so important. When we are passionate, what we're really saying to God is, I embrace all of who you are because he is the word of God. Do you know that? He is the word of God in the flesh. And so when we are passionate about the word, what we're really saying is, God, I am passionate about you. And so that's where I have uh, found my greatest anointing. So he gave me this book. It's called Living Life in the Kingdom, Lessons from the Throne Room of God. And what this book will really cover is the motivational gifts. If you want to know how to operate in the body of Christ, then this is a really great tool to get you started. Amen? Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you for your presence. We know that you're here. Holy Spirit, I invite you to just invade our space this morning. And as we yield our ears to hear and open our hearts up to receive, we will receive what you have prepared for us in Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about a life redeemed. My life has been redeemed. Say redeemed with me. Amen. Redeemed means really to obtain the release of someone held captive or in bondage by paying a ransom or to buy back or to set free. 
to save someone free from their sin and their evils. It is a powerful word. So much so there's power in the redeeming blood. We drank the blood being in, reminded of what the blood purchased for us. You know, and every time God sees the mercy seat, guess what he sees? He sees the blood. And so he sees your sins covered by the blood. When he redeemed us, he took the blood and washed us of all of our impurities, and he called us the redeemed. Aren't you happy about that? Amen. The Bible says in Psalms 107, and I like to use the, uh, the complete Jewish Bible. The reason I do that is because it really is the language of the Jewish people. And so they have insight, and they give us a lens to look through on how they see the covenant God. And so that's what I use. And if it, when you get to the Bible study, you'll know that I'm going to use that, that version. But please bring your others so you can compare notes. Amen? But Psalms 107.2 says, Let the redeem of Adonai, and Adonai is the sovereign God. The Jews know how to call upon the covenant names of God. When they are in a situation and they need to know that God is in their midst. They cry out his covenant name. And so Adonai is sovereign Lord. And so the word says, let the redeemed by Adonai say it. Those who redeem, he redeemed from the power of the foe. Say with me. Say with me. I am redeemed. Come on, let me hear you. I am redeemed from the power of the foe. That's the adversary. That should be a bold declaration that you make on a daily basis. Amen? God showed me, gave me a vision of this morning, and he told me that there are people here that have trauma in their lives, that have insecurity, there's shame and brokenness. You know, we look pretty. We dress up pretty. But on the inside, there's trauma, there's insecurity, there's shame, there's brokenness. There's disappointment, and we cover it up, but God wants to expose it. Not that he would put you under condemnation, not that he would shame you or humiliate you, but that he wants to take the oil of Gilead, the balm of Gilead, and cover those places and make them whole. Amen? <clears throat> so I want to share a little bit about my testimony, just a little bit, <coughs> but I'm going to do that by sharing a powerful story in Hosea. I got up this morning and I said, Lord, Hosea is really a tough book. <laughs> it talks about our flesh. And you want me just to take off my clothes and be real. I don't know if I want to do that. Can I just cancel the assignment? And he said, no. <laughs> he said, I want you to tell, tell them what I told you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little bit about the unconditional love that I received and the redeeming grace that God gave me. Just to give you a little summary, <clears throat> God tells Hosea to marry Goma. <clears throat> now, Goma is a prostitute. Hello. It's quiet in here. I wasn't a prostitute, but I had prostitute behavior. And before you criticize me or con uh, put me under condemnation, God thinks about you the same way when you leave him. Oh, that's true. We all have the, the propensity to estrange ourselves from God. 
you know, we call him God, we call him Lord, we call him husband, but then we do our own thing. We act independently of him. And so that he sees as prostituting ourselves to the world and to compromise. Amen? We never think of it like that, but 66 books of the Bible talk about idolatry, adultery, holotry, and prostitution. I know you don't believe me, but it's true. <laughs> so God tells Hosea to marry Goma, and this is really a metaphor. It's a type and shadow of Christ and the body of Christ. Amen? And it, and it tells the story of the compromising lifestyles and life choices. But one thing that God said to me is that, Joanne, he said, I'm jealous. I am a very jealous God. I don't want anybody to have any gods outside of me. That's why he wrote that as one of our commandments. His covenant name, though, is Jehovah Kana. Say that with me, Jehovah Kana. Say it again, Jehovah Kana. God is jealous over you. He wants to be in relationship with you 24-7. Amen? <clears throat> Let's look at what Hosea 2, 6 and 7 and 8 say. Excuse me. <coughs> it says, therefore, I'll block her way with thorns and put up a hedge so she can't find her path. She will pursue her lovers but not catch them. She will seek them but won't find them. Then she will say, I will go and return to my first husband because things were better for me then they are now. She didn't know I gave her the grain, the wine, the oil. She didn't know I increased her silver and her gold, which she used for Baal. <coughs> I was married 16 years. I had a perfect life. Two kids, a husband I thought loved me, made good money, made the money I spent it. Probably that's why he divorced me. But he sued me for custody of our eight-and-a-half-year-old son. Two children, one 17, one eight-and-a-half. <clears throat> and he decided to leave me penniless. And he didn't want to pay child support or alimony. And it proved to be a very nasty and costly uh, divorce fight. He ended up winning. And I lost. I ended up with a broken heart. I ended up disgusted with Christian jargon. Christian ways of living, because I thought, how could a God who loved family allow this family to be separated and divided for no reason at all? It took me years to really recover from that, but God recovered me through the Word of God. Say the Word of God. The Word of God has to be your foundation. You know, one night he said we were going to have a family dinner, and I thought we were going to bring reconciliation to the family. So my 17-year-old and my 8-and-a-half-year-old were sitting at the table, and I thought we were going to have a, a really great dinner. And they started talking, and they said I was an abusive mother. I, I beat them with coat hangers. Do you know what a coat hanger is? A wire coat hanger. How can you get a beating from a wire coat hanger? And then they said ugly things. They said they hated me. They got up in my face and said, you're a terrible mother. And I'm sitting here in disbelief. I didn't know what to say or what to do. And tears began to fall from my eyes. And I said, God, I can't believe what they're saying. And so I dismissed myself because I didn't want to be their punching bag. And I went into my room and I cried out to God. And I said, I didn't do anything. What is wrong with this situation? And so I let that ride. But one day I was 
in my house, and we had just built this house. It was a five-bedroom, three-bedroom, uh, three-bath house. It was a dream home. God showed it to me in a dream. My husband purchased the home. Uh, just everything was so God-ordained about it. And so we hadn't been in the house for two years. But I went upstairs because the Holy Spirit said, go to the guest room. I went to the guest room, and there was uh, my husband was staying in the guest room, and I was staying down in the master bedroom. And there was a black uh, uh, briefcase. <clears throat> and I thought, oh, you know, women are nosy, right? Men too, but women more so. And I was looking for the key because I wanted to know what was on the inside. But it had a combination lock, and I couldn't get in it. So I started to walk out the room, and the Holy Spirit said, he gave me the numbers to the combination lock. I ran over there, put those numbers in there, Voila, open. I looked in it, and there was the tape. I didn't know I was being recorded that night. And the strategy was to use the tape against me in court so that it would prove how the children felt about their abusive mother. I tell you, God is awesome. Say, God is awesome. He will be an, he will be a, an avenger to the avenger. <clears throat> he will be an adversary to the adversary. He takes up the cause of the righteous. He was taking up my cause because I was innocent. Now, I'm not saying that I was perfect. I wasn't perfect. But I was innocent. And there's a difference. Amen? After my divorce, everything seemed to be coming together. I was working for a <clears throat> national retail uh, store, and um, I, I kind of, um, they brought me in as a department manager, and I did so well that uh, they made me an area manager for a flagship, flagship stores, um, and I was responsible for um, the inventory and all of those things. And by now, I'm in a relationship with a man who is impotent. Say, impotent. Okay, so my life is great, I'm thinking. I'm in a relationship with a guy who's impotent. Now, impotent means that you're lacking the ability or the power. You're ineffective to produce anything. That's spiritual as well as natural, okay? Follow me because I'm talking about the realm of the spirit here, amen? <clears throat> and so God had described this relationship to me years later. He said, you know, it was hot and heavy in foreplay, but there was nothing that satisfied you physically or spiritually. When God talks to you in those terms, how, how, you, you do listen, right? It got my attention because what we try to do is when we have a spiritual problem, we try to take the physical realm and apply it and expect it to work on our behalf and it won't work. Say it won't work. God is always looking to uproot what's at the root and he is the only one that can supply the needs that you have spiritually and physically. Amen? And so God was saying to me, you're like Gomer. You're playing the harlot. You're pray playing the prostitute. What you're seeking after, you can only find in me. Amen? So years before the divorce, though, I had accepted the call to be a licensed minister. And so I was operating as a minister and my husband recognized that call. He supported it. But after the divorce, here I am, a backslid minister. Hello. <laughs> Who wants to hear about my testimony? Who wants to hear what I have to say? I'm backslid. I, I'm, I'm, I haven't even been in fellowship with the Father. 
I haven't even been in fellowship with believers. I just threw myself into my work because I wanted to make some money. I wasn't going to be penniless. I wanted to make some money. And I knew that I would have to put in the time in order to do that. But what I failed to realize is that God owns everything. And the thing that I'm working for, God already owns it. And if I would just submit myself to him, he would make all of the things available to me that I needed. Amen? Same with you. So the plan was for Satan to really stop my purpose and abort the ministry call. So God had to hedge me in like he did in, in, uh, with Gomer. But in 1991, I had a disastrous inventory. How You, you do know that God will shut you down, right? You keep ignoring him, he's going to shut you down one way or another. So in 1991, I had a disastrous inventory for my store, and I was brought to shame. I was in a deep, dark place. They said they weren't going to fire me. They were just going to demote me. Oh, my gosh. That was humiliating. It was hard to really go to work every day knowing that you have been demoted, knowing that you failed, knowing that everybody's looking at you with disgust and, and probably talking uh, behind your back. Here you were high on a pinnacle and life was great and now you're at the bottom of the barrel. Say, but God. I happened to reach out to a friend of mine here in Dallas, and she was going to have a conference. And she said, come to the conference, Joanne. I believe that you'll find a source of healing, a place of healing. So I did that. And I'm in the restroom, and it's just me and another woman. But she was the keynote speaker. How many know God will put a ram in the bush for you? And so she looks at me. She takes my hand. She said, God told me to tell you that your restoration is here in Houston. I said, really? She said, yes. She said, your restoration is here in Houston. And whatever you, whatever you have to do to get here, get here. Needless to say, I went back to Dallas. I quit my job, walked out of the relationship, broke a lease, got everything I had. I gave away everything in, the, in my apartment, but just took what I had. I had a, a, a Volvo at that time. It was a, almost a brand new Volvo and it was a 740, I had to use, that was what I used to negotiate my divorce. I had to come away with something. And I needed transportation, amen? So <clears throat> whatever could fit in that, I, I put it in the car, and my new journey with the Lord began. I began to really uh, uh, get entrenched in the word. But I heard Hosea 2, verses 14 and 23, it says, therefore, behold, I will allure her. I will bring her to a wilderness, and I will speak comfort to her. Say comfort. God spoke a word of comfort to me in a place that I was broken. He said, I will give you vineyards, and I will open the door of hope. Houston was my door of hope. God knows exactly what you need. Houston was my door of hope. God made a way of escape for me. He, he, the enemy wanted to destroy my, my future, but God had a different plan. Thank God for God's plan. Amen? His plans for you are good, and they are not evil. He said that, I want you, Joanne, to make me your husband. Oh, my gosh, that word I couldn't trust because I had a husband who thought I was a parasite and a leech. Can you imagine that? Somebody that you have spent your life with, <clears throat> And he compares you to a leech. You know, a leech sucks onto you and just sucks everything dry. Now, I knew I spent the money. 
But to be equated to a leech, that was really demonic, amen? But anyway, God said that he wanted to betroth me. He wanted to marry me. He wanted to be the God of righteousness and justice in my life. He wanted to fill my life with loving kindness and, and tender mercy. And he wanted to betroth me. I went, thank you, Lord. I can do that. I can trust you. But in 1993, my 23-year-old daughter committed suicide. I was in Houston, place of restoration. I started screaming, God, what are you talking about she's dead? How could that be? How could my daughter commit suicide? I'm at work at night, and, and I get this call from a Boston police officer and says, Joanne, uh, are you Joanne Green? I said, yes. He said, do you have a daughter, daughter uh, Dawn Green? I said, yes. And he said, I'm sorry to tell you this, but she's passed away. I went, what? How could that be? And I just started screaming to God. I said, God, this is not a place of restoration. I thought this was a place of restoration. If this is what restoration looks like, I don't want it. And I was, again, in a dark place. But God, this time, nourished me with his word, and he nourished me back to health. He said, heaven is a real place, and I want you to keep remembering that. He gave me Isaiah 57. He showed me that her life was in his, in her, in his hands and that she would not be able to sustain the temptations. So he mercifully took her and brought her home. What a loving God. Say a loving God. <clears throat> By then, I was making good money, almost $100,000 a year with bonuses. I had an awesome job. God direct, directed me to some property, and um, he said, I want you to build a house right here. I didn't even have any money. I was making money, but it takes money. You know, you have to have some money in the bank, right? You have to have some kind of savings, right? Well, I was recovering from a divorce, okay? So I didn't have any money in the bank. But God is telling me to, make, to, to build a house. And I said, okay, I'm a woman of faith. Okay, here we go again. And so, and then he said, I want you to build a pool. Well, the pool was $28,000. Go figure. No money in the bank. He's telling me to build a brand new house and add a pool to it. I said, okay. Went to the builder. I said, could you take a post-dated check? He looked at me and said, are you serious? I said, yeah, I'm serious. He said, okay. When will you have the money? I said, I don't know, but I'll get it to you. I'll get it to you. And guess what? They started building the house. Only God. Let me tell you about a week in uh, 2005, because I have to close. I have to be obedient, because this is going to blow your mind. This is an awesome testimony, and I know that I was supposed to give it right here. <clears throat> in 2005, God decided that he wanted to prove that he could take care of me. So one Sunday morning, a woman ru runs up to me. My life is whole. I'm healed. I'm doing the things of God. You know, I'm involved. Uh, life is good. So this woman comes up and she says, God told me to give you this check for $100. This was Sunday. She said, but the thing is, I was asleep. He woke me up, told me to write the check and bring it to you today. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Love money. <laughs> Before that service ended, 
another young lady came up. She was visiting her sister and said to me, God told me to give you $150. I said, praise the Lord. My feet started getting happy. I have $250. That's Sunday. Monday, a couple came to my house, and they said, God told us to give you $500, and we wanted to bring the check. Now, the interesting thing about this is they were in two different places that day, two different jobs, and they were thinking about who? Joanne. And they wanted to sow into Joanne's life, and they both at different places heard $500, and they didn't know that until they came home that evening and were di di discussing the incident, and they found out that they were on the same page, and they had to bring me that money that night. Monday, say Monday. So Sunday, 250. Monday, 500, right? Tuesday, how about I get a call? I worked at home by then. <clears throat> I worked remotely. And I get a call and somebody says, this woman says, are you home? And I said, yeah. She said, I need to come by and give you something. I said, come on by. Well, she had a check for $100. Now, I'm up to $850 Sunday, Monday. This is Tuesday, right? 850, say 850. God's telling me he's going to prove to me that he's my husband, right? I was like, God, Jesus, oh my Lord, this is awesome. How do I spend this? Well, I couldn't spend it. He had purpose for it. Wednesday, say Wednesday. I get a call and say, this woman says, can you go to lunch with me today? I said, yeah. Went to lunch. She paid for my lunch. She said, God told me to give you $150. I went, give it to me then. <laughs> $1,000 by Wednesday. That's incredible. Only God can move upon the heart of a king. Amen? Only God can design the, the, the avenues and the pathways that he chooses for you to prove to him he can be everything that you need. He is Ia Asha Ia. Say that with me. Ia Asha Ia. He's the I am God. He'll be whatever he needs to be for you, to you. <coughs> Excuse me. Thursday, say Thursday. I get up. I'm expecting a call. I'm expecting somebody to come by. I said, this is a good run. Keep it going, God. Keep it going. Nothing happened Thursday. I went, okay. I'll settle for $1,000. Say Friday. I had been in negotiations with my um, insurance company because, you know, Katrina had a uh, uh, you know, a really bad storm, and, and we filed claims and everything. And, <clears throat> and so uh, they came out, and they just assessed the damages at $14,000. <coughs> but I had a pool, and I had house damage. And $14,000 wasn't going to cut it. And so we were at an impasse. Say impasse. But God. Well, Friday, I go to the mailbox. Guess what's in the mailbox? A check for $24,000.
in one week, God gave me $25,000 to prove to me that he is my husband and that I just need to trust him. You know, there's a scripture that says, <clears throat> the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. Everything belongs to God, even the people. He says in, in Psalms 115 that I'm mindful of you. I want to bless you. I want to increase you. Why? Because he's our God. What am I saying to you today? I want you to trust God. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how broken your life is. God gave me two people in my spirit. I just want to share this. Can I do that, Pastor Terry? Because <clears throat> it's 1108. <laughs> I want to be obedient. But God showed me two people. And, if, and I hope they're here, but he's also shown me two other people. Is there a Frank here? Frank. How about Carol? Is there a Carol here? Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I've been praying for them all, all week. But <clears throat> this young lady right here, I just, God gave me a word for you um, as I was um, coming in. He drew my attention to you. He said that you've been really struggling emotionally and that he wants you to know that he hears everything that you have spoken to him. You feel like he, he's not hearing you, but he says, I'm listening, and I've written down every request that you've asked me. He said, just like Daniel, I heard you the first day. He said, don't give up, don't remove your faith because he is going to come through for you. But there was turbulence in the realm of the spirit. And he said that he had to send an angel like Michael to ward off the warfare. And you've been feeling the warfare, but you haven't known what to do. God's saying just rest because he's already taken care of it. And you will see it in 10 days. In 10 days, you will get a breakthrough. Amen? Amen? Okay, one more. <clears throat> Young man, stand up. You too have been struggling, and you're not a communicator. But I hear God saying that you need to open your mouth and request the things that you desire to do and also the things that you desire to be. God said that you are a great man of God. He has great things in store for you. He said that you have and are equipped to handle everything that you've been dreaming about. You have some dreams that only you have uh, uh, made known to you and haven't made known to anybody else. But God says everything that you've seen in a dream, he's going to make it come to pass. So what he wants you to do is begin to write them out. Do you journal? Do you journal? Occasionally, go back to journaling. Write down the things that God has given you and shown you because everything that you write down, God says that he's going to bring it to pass. Do you believe that? Amen. It's the word of God. It really is the word of God. Amen. One more. One more. <clears throat> Ralph, stand up. You are a pillar, but you've been holding back. There are some areas that you are very expert in, and you have withheld some of your talent and some of your knowledge in those areas. 
because you don't want to be looked upon as being a take charge person. But God says that he equipped you with that talent and that strength and that ability to help grow. And so he wants you to take a step forward. So take a step forward. Take another step forward. Take another step forward. Take another step forward. He said, don't be afraid to take a step forward. Because every time you move forward, God is going to be with you to confirm everything that he's told you to do. And you won't have to worry about, well, what are people going to say? They're not going to say anything. They're going to embrace what you bring to the table. Amen? Amen. Amen. One more, one more. <clears throat> you with the glasses. Yes. Okay. You've been hungry for more things. You want more of God. And that's been your heart cry. You said, God, I want to know you better. What can I do to really get more intimate with you? Even in your prayer time, you've been crying out to know the layers of God. And you want to know the revelation of God. And God is saying, you have studied to show yourself approved. And God is going to take the veil away from your eyes. He's going to remove the scales on your eyes so that you can see the deeper truths and then be able to walk them out. You're a living testimony. You have a testimony that people need to hear, and you don't need to hold back. When you see something, say it. When you see something, say it. Know that the power of the Word of God on your life is explosive, and when you open up your mouth, it's going to explode, and it's going to do the things that it needs to do in the lives that God sends you to. Amen? God's heard your prayer. Just say one thing with me. <clears throat> I'm through. I am through. <clears throat> but say, say with me, I believe the word of God has power, presence, and prophetic implications. And so anytime we make a decree, anytime we decree the word of God, we bring power, we bring presence, and we bring prophetic implications. So today I want you to say power. Presence and prophetic implication. Say, I decree and declare the word of God in my mouth will be powerful, will bring presence and prophetic implication. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Terry. Stay right here. Stay right here. I want to, uh, let, let's stand together, church, and, you know, I, I know it's a, it was impossible for Joanne to share 30 years of her life, but basically, she, she was broken, but through Jesus, she was redeemed, and she was made whole, and the things the devil took from her, God replaced, and, uh, you know, I, I know in here, let, let, me, let me say this, a lot of times we're we're wanting to do better as Christians than a pastor. I see this. But it's impossible for us to serve God and do the things that he has for us to do if there's a part in our lives that's broken. Emotionally, there may be some here today and maybe abuse and you were just broken. And, and I'm not making light of any of that. Maybe some of you went through a divorce. Maybe some financial. And I want to do this if... If you're in a place, and there's, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. We're, we're all here together. We're going through life together. 
If you're in a place where you just identify with Miss Joanne and you're like, I need to be redeemed. I need Jesus. I need him to come. I need the Holy Spirit to heal places of my heart, places in my life that I know, I know they're not quite well. I know they're not healthy no matter what my faith says. And I, I want you to be bold. And I want you to step out of your seats and come up here. And there's, I'm sure there's many of you just, just come on up. And I'm going to get Miss Joanne just to say a prayer over you. I'm not going to pray for everyone individually, but just, just to say a prayer of redemption over you. We're, we're going to wait. Come on up. We, we have time. If you come to church and don't receive what you came for, what good is it? Just as I know people are going to be flowing out of the aisles. Just come on up. If you have a place in your life that's been hurt, that's been broken, and you just want Jesus to heal, heal you. Don't you believe this morning that Jesus can do that? Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Miss Joanne, do you want to just pray for these? Would you like me to? Thank you for the word of hope and healing and restoration on these lives. Father, you anointed Jesus with power and baptized him with the Holy Spirit so that he would be able to heal the brokenhearted and remove the oppression and the oppression of the enemy. Father, today we release that power on each one of these lives, Father. We say that the anointing would break and destroy every yoke, the yoke of fear. Fear is torment. So, Father, we break the spirit of fear and loose the spirit of your power in this home and this man. Father, we thank you for courage, courage in all of these lives, Father. We thank you for courage. You are courageous. You are courageous. You're not too old to keep doing what God has called you to do. You're not too old. The years are still plentiful. The Lord said the years stop fearing early death. You are not going to die until it's ready, until God is ready to call you home. I come against the lie of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. It is a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie from the pit of hell. You will live. You will live. You will live. Disease is not going to take you. You're going to close your eyes and be in the presence of the Lord. Your prayers are not going unanswered. You keep praying for that son. He's coming home. That son is coming home. That son is coming home. He's been like the, the, the prodigal, but God says that son is coming home. Oh, I just thank you for the power of agreement in this household. Thank you, Father. Oh, you're a, a powerful force. And the enemy hates that you come into agreement. And the power of agreement is what keeps the force field around you and shielded. There's getting ready to be a great breakthrough in your home. In the area of finances, expecting, expecting. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Oh, Rabayasa. You know what? There's a spirit of fear that kind of uh, keeps you from uh, moving forward. It almost is paralyzing. 
But I hear the Lord saying the spirit of the Lord is, I mean, the spirit of fear didn't come from him. So don't embrace fear. Embrace faith. You are not afraid. Say, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I know when you look at things, it seems overwhelming and you feel like you can't do it. But you are more than a conqueror. God says he makes everything that you do a triumphant victory. Thank you, Lord. Church, we're just going to pray together. If you're out there in the, in, the, in the congregation, let's just pray. And I want everyone up here just to raise your hands. Just raise your hands when you say, Father God, I ask you to pull all of the hurt, pain, rejection, and brokenness out of me. And I ask you to replace it with your Holy Spirit. And God, I pray right now you're filling hope in this room, peace in this room, God, understanding in this room. God, I pray you're bringing restoration in Jesus' name. I pray you're bringing redemption. Lord, what the devil meant for harm, you're turning it around, Lord, just like in Joanne's life. And God, I pray for all the pain, all the hurt, God. I pray that today the past is forgiven, the past is removed, and we're focused on the present and the future. In Jesus' name, the present is bright, the future is bright, because we have God in us, and we just refuse to let the past live our lives anymore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And church, I, did, I, just, I just encourage you, you know, if, if uh, uh, I really encourage you to join some of these Bible studies and small groups, because, you know, believe it or not, we can't do it by ourselves. We need people who will love us and stand by us and, and praise the Lord. And do y'all appreciate Miss Joanne's heart this morning? Thank you, Lord. God, we just thank you right now. Lord, I just pray right now a blessing over all your people this morning, over everyone here. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray a blessing over everyone here, God. And we just ask for your hand to be upon us, God. We ask for your presence in our lives. And God, we pray, even for the areas that haven't been redeemed in the past, they're becoming redeemed, and you're moving in these areas, and you're causing us to prosper and be blessed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, church. Have a great week.